From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Tuesday edition, dueling impeachment reports on Capitol Hill. Beating Adam Schiff to the draw, Republicans released a 123-page minority report in advance of the Democrats, stating that, quote, the evidence does not establish any impeachable offense, end quote. A member of the House Judiciary Committee, Texas Congressman Louie Gohmert, is here with the details in just a moment. And Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is reportedly poised to appoint Kelly Leffler tomorrow to replace retiring Senator Johnny Isaacson. Uh, While Kemp has established true conservative credentials, Leffler has no political record, and the record she does have makes conservatives uncomfortable. Why is this pick problematic, and what could be riding on it? I'll talk with Sarah Perry, FRC Action's Director of Partnerships, who's been busy digging into Leffler's political affiliations. Also, does your state offer health care plans through the Obamacare exchange that do not fund or include elective abortions? We have a resource that can help you find out. Patrina Mosley, FRC's Director of Life, Culture, and Women's Advocacy, is here to explain. And speaking of abortion, one of the nation's largest black Protestant denominations, Church of God in Christ, has approved a resolution from the denomination stating that, quote, abortion is genocide. Abortion must end to protect the life of the unborn, end quote. I'll talk with Dean Nelson, Executive Director of Human Coalition Action, about this very powerful proclamation. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Twitter, it is uh, at T. Perkins. Before I uh, bring in our first guest, Congressman Louis Gohmert, let me uh, give you a quick reminder. Today is Giving Tuesday, and as you often hear on this program, the left's on a mission to silence and marginalize anyone who brings forth biblical, grounded views to the public square. And we cannot and will not back down. That's why I'm encouraging you to partner with FRC so that Washington Watch can continue and uh, we can use every available tool to stand up for your faith, your family, and your freedoms. And uh, thanks to our $100,000 Giving Tuesday match, challenge match, your gift today will be doubled, all right? And we're at 63% of that. So we, we you can help us. You could help us put us over the top uh, in the next hour. We've got folks standing by to take your phone call. I want to thank all those who called yesterday and made that commitment. Well, we're standing by again today, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008 to have your uh, Giving Tuesday gift matched. Again, call that number, 225-4008, or go to Tony Perkins. Com. All right, Congressman Adam Schiff, who has led the Democrats' impeachment inquiry, is scheduled to deliver the report to the House Judiciary Committee after the Intel Committee votes on the report within the hour. But Republican lawmakers have already released a 123-page Republican report that makes clear Democrats have failed to establish any impeachable offenses by President Trump. Joining me now... With his analysis is uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert, who represents the 1st District of the Lone Star State and serves on the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman Gohmert, welcome back to Washington Watch. 
Always good to talk to my Louisiana neighbor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it is, uh, it's good to have you back on the program, uh, Louie, and I know that you're tracking this very closely. You've been uh, one of the outspoken members of the House Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about this yeah, uh, well, first. I, I hear we've got a little hearing tomorrow on that. Yeah, I know. You're, you're taking <laughs> up the, uh, the report from Adam Schiff. Let's talk about what the Republicans have already released in their 123-page report. Mm-hmm. Um, based upon the evidence that was presented? What are the key findings? Well, basically, just what you said, that there is not evidence uh, that would support an impeachment. There is just not. That in the uh, the phone call, the, the July 25th phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky, the newer president of Ukraine, who had had gotten elected, say, wanted to clean up the corruption. Uh, there was no mention of a quid pro quo. There was no, you, we need you to do this in order to get that, despite what uh, Adam Schiff tried to turn it into. That's just not what was said. And then there were five meetings that have come into question uh, since that phone call uh, that were part of the evidence in the case, and in not one of those meetings was any uh, requirement of, uh, gee, you want the aid, you've got to uh, do this or that. That didn't happen. So there is no evidence. The only evidence is the kind of thing that uh, you heard in Jim Jordan espoused so well. So your your testimony is based on you know six way hearsay basically uh, or four way hearsay between six people. So uh, he heard that someone else was told that. Uh, uh, Sondland told Morrison that uh, he told Taylor that what, you know, it's just incredible. If we were in a court of law, and I would submit that this is even more important than most uh, uh, criminal cases, because it would it would end up removing a president through impeachment for the first time in American history. Very important. Uh, and, and yet... This evidence wouldn't come in at all in a jury trial. You, you can't bring in what somebody told somebody that somebody else said. You'd get laughed out of court. And, and uh, the judge, if I were the judge, as I one time was, uh, there'd be some prosecutors that would either uh, not be practicing in my court again or uh, there would be some consequences. You just can't come in and base an important case on four, five, six-way hearsay. Yeah, hearsay can be presented. I'm trying to remember which member it was, Democratic member who actually in the uh, impeachment hearing said that. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Was that maybe quickly? I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, somebody said, oh, yeah, there are times when hearsay is even better evidence than right. direct evidence. No, which that's is, not true. That's not true at all. Uh, now, hearsay evidence can be presented, but it is never, never mm-hmm. on par with direct never. evidence. No. Um, so, but which, wanna, wanna... And, and if you look at the Constitution on the treason, 
You cannot be convicted in federal court on treason under the Constitution unless there are two people that can give direct evidence. You have to have direct evidence, not from one, but at least a minimum of two people. And here again, treason is one of the bases for impeaching a president, so it ought to be on that level. You ought to have to have at least two direct witnesses before you undo a duly elected uh, president and throw out a, an election. Well, and, and that is uh, actually what this Republican report points to, is that that's what this is all about, that it sure is it about is. Um, undoing what the American people did in the 2016 exactly right. election. Not to change that, but I'm going to go back. I just wanted to close the loop there. It was Quigley, uh, Mike Quigley. Uh, mm-hmm. From Illinois, that made the the court uh, yeah, the comment was, that yeah. the, uh, the the hearsay evidence is a strong stronger than any other evidence, which, as you just pointed out, is not true. But yeah, go, uh, going back to this issue of what was motivating the Democrats on this hearing, it goes back to day one of the president of uh, President Trump's administration. It's about removing this president from office. That's exactly, and that's why for three years, you know, we heard about. Uh, the Russia collusion, and we heard from Adam Schiff and so many others, Swalwell, so many others would go on TV. Absolutely. There's plenty of evidence to convict him, to impeach him, to remove him. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of evidence, more than just circumstantial, and there wasn't at all. And so uh, imagine their surprise. They thought uh, Mueller was going to come through for him, and he was sure trying. He was doing everything he could. But uh, there just was no evidence of anybody with the Trump campaign conspiring, colluding with anybody uh, in Russia. And what we find out is that actually there apparently were some Ukrainians that helped in the uh, DNC, Hillary Clinton, uh, Christopher Steele efforts uh, with Fusion GPS, people at the FBI and DOJ to Number one, stop Trump from being elected president. And then number two, once he was, to provide the insurance policy to get him removed. And, man, they have come so close. Three years, all of the spying and whatnot they've done on the Trump campaign, it is just outrageous. And actually, we're going to have a law professor say, who said back in 2017, that just the fact that Trump said he was spied on should be sufficient basis to remove him from office. And that's going to be one of our experts tomorrow in our hearing. You know, really great hearing. I'm glad I didn't have that professor in law school. Yeah, you would have never made it to the bench. I never would have made it out. (laughs) This guy writes writes their own laws. It's crazy. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So glad to have you with us on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Our guest in this first segment, uh, Texas Congressman Louie Gomer, talking about the uh, the GOP report that was released uh, in advance of the Democrat, the majority report that is going to be released within the hour, then uh, delivered over to the House Judiciary Committee, which will begin their hearings tomorrow. And, um, and just doesn't that just... Isn't that just insane? Here we're talking about the most serious thing, removing a president from office, and they're going to deliver the report to us 
the night before the hearing on the report? Are you kidding me? There's just nothing that indicates fairness, uh, bipartisanship, nothing. This is an outrage. And and I know we were talking about impeachment, but you you were talking about the need to, to stop the persecution of Christians in America. And let me just... That is so critical because it, it, I think it has the moral breakdown, the anti-Christian efforts has a lot to do with where we are and why people would be willing to lie and do the things they have. But uh, the hate crime law that we took up back when Democrats were in the majority before, I, I said back then that if we pass this, and I was against it because I could see where it's going, that someday it's going to be used to prosecute a preacher for doing nothing but reading from the Bible. And I know a lot of people thought I was talking about Romans 1. I didn't want to tell them what I was thinking, but it was Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, the life, and nobody goes to the Father but by me. And someday they will come after Christians and say, oh, you're full of hate because if you think if somebody didn't think just like you, they should go to hell. No, that is a perversion of Christian belief, totally based on love. And yet now we've seen it. We saw Bernie Sanders go after Russ Vaught. We've seen others. And uh, the work you're doing is just so critical. And I'm so grateful that you're my friend and you're doing the work you are. Well, thank you so much, uh, Louis. As always, great to have you on the program. But that music means we're out of time. But I'm sure we're going to have another opportunity to talk about this uh, after the Judiciary Committee takes up the report. So thanks so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you real soon. You can count on it. Thanks. All right, uh, folks, don't go away. More to come here on Washington Watch. Um, I still want to talk a little bit more about that report. But coming up next, the governor of Georgia prepared to make an announcement tomorrow to fill the seat of retiring senator. What kind of candidate is he going to propose? We talk about it next. Don't go away. Abortion is one of the most combative and sensitive moral and political questions in America today, even among Christians. There has been a renewed effort in theological liberal Christian circles to argue that the Bible does not oppose abortion. In light of these arguments, it is crucial for Christians to know what the Bible actually says about abortion. Does the Bible teach that life begins at conception or birth? Is abortion murder? In FRC's new publication titled, Biblical Principles for Pro-Life Engagement, Personhood, Scripture, and Church History, author David Clausen addresses these questions with relevant passages in the Bible that inform how a Christian should think about abortion, the question of personhood, and a survey of how prominent church leaders have interpreted these passages throughout history. Learn more by visiting frc.org slash unborn. That's frc.org slash unborn. Meadow Pollock was a high school senior who was tragically gunned down during the Parkland school shooting in Florida. In an emotional and gripping FRC Speaker Series event, her father, Andrew Pollock, and education expert Max Eden discussed the tragic massacre and the politically correct policies that allowed the Parkland shooting to happen. The Southern Poverty Law Center and the Obama administration promoted a false narrative that teachers and principals were racist and couldn't be trusted to enforce rules with consequences. Instead, they argued for healing circles and restorative justice. These policies enabled a psychopathic criminal to maintain a clean background and purchase a firearm used to murder 17 people at the high school. 
The Obama administration forced these leniency policies into hundreds of schools, serving millions of students across America. To listen to this event and to learn more, visit frc.org slash speakers. That's frc.org slash speakers. Religious liberty is one of the most... Back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So glad to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon. The website, TonyPerkins.com. We remind you again, it's Giving Tuesday, and um, we've got a match that's out there. A, a very generous donor has is, is given a $100,000 Giving Tuesday challenge match. Your gift today will be doubled. And we're uh, bumping up to uh, 65, almost 70% of that match. You can help put us over the top. Got folks standing by to take your call, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. Or you can go to TonyPerkins.com and uh, make your contribution there. uh, Before I move on to this next topic, I I did want to go back and just uh, to this uh, minority report the Republicans say far from the president acting uh, in a way that would lead to, uh, you know, an impeachable offense. Uh, they said, quote, the president's initial hesitation to meet with President Zelensky or to provide U.S. taxpayer funded security assistance to Ukraine without thoughtful review is entirely prudent, end quote. So the, the fact that there was corruption or concern about corruption, which was actually, we've talked about before in this program, in the National Defense Authorization Act required the certification that corruption was being dealt with before foreign aid was given to Ukraine. So the Republicans making that point that the president actually acted with prudence. All right, it is widely being reported that Georgia Governor Brian Kemp will appoint business executive and Republican establishment-backed Kelly Leffler to the U.S. Senate, despite strong conservative opposition to the pick, because of the fact that Leffler has not held political office and therefore has no political record. Now, if Leffler is chosen as the interim senator, she will fill out the two remaining years of the outgoing senator, Johnny Isaacson, who is uh, retiring, uh, that uh, senator, whoever's appointed, can run for re-election in 2022. Now, that gives them an advantage because they're an incumbent. Now, President Trump wants to see Congressman Doug Collins, the House Judiciary Committee's ranking member, to be appointed as senator in Georgia as, instead. Now, conservative groups, pro-life groups in particular, are just advocating for a conservative. Uh, they're concerned because of ties that... Uh, Leffler has to abortion groups uh, and other left-leaning groups. Joining me now with analysis on this, uh, someone who's been doing some digging into the political affiliations of uh, Leffler, is Sarah Perry, FRC's Actions uh, Director of Partnerships and the Friday host of Washington Watch. Sarah, welcome (laughs) to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. Happy to be with you. All right, so the the rumor mill is is pretty strong, and the expectation is that uh, the appointment will be made tomorrow. Why the concern over, uh, and this is somewhat a rhetorical question, because I'll have my own answer here in a moment, but why the concern over Kelly Leffler? 
Well, there are a couple of different reasons. Um, a lot of us among the social conservative community don't believe she has any conservative bona fides. And she's got some problematic connections. She has been on the board of directors of Grady Memorial Hospital tied to Emory University, which has one of the largest abortion doctor training grounds in the country. And she hired Stacey Abrams law firm to do legal work for the WNBA franchise, the team that she owns, and has appointed her as 2014's Inspiring Woman of the Year and has also made very sizable donations to Mitt Romney's failed 2012 presidential campaign. So what she looks like to many of us in the socially conservative community is someone who's not only concerning from a policy standpoint, where she is with abortion, where she might be with capitalism versus socialism, but also from a political standpoint, because this financial executive has never held political office. So she looks like she talks a very good game, but a lot of us are very concerned about where she might actually vote. All right, let me play devil's advocate here for a moment. Not that I'm advocating for her, but let me just play devil's advocate. Um, Brian Kemp, the governor, is a conservative. Uh, he he has a conservative record. He signed uh, one of the strongest pro-life laws shortly, uh, I mean, after taking office when the legislature passed it. He has pushed back on the conservatives saying, look, I'm a conservative. I wouldn't appoint someone who would be counter to the president or who would not be pro-life. Should we trust him? Well, I would have said yes if we didn't know what we know now about Kelly Leffler. And the fact that she is affiliated so closely with a hospital that itself was performing abortions and affiliated with that university providing this training ground, ground does really give me cause for concern. In addition, I think the way he is willing to go crosswise to go at cross purposes with President Trump, who so clearly has advocated for Doug Collins, brings me to the position that this is an individual trying to protect his seat and who is more concerned about winning back suburban Atlanta female voters than he is potentially representing pro-life principles. And there's one more element to this is that there are 10 congressional uh, members who could be considered who all have impeccable pro-life, pro-family records. And so it's not like uh, he doesn't have anything to choose from. So that's, you know, my concern is uh, when you, 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 you come into public office, if you've not been proven and tested, especially in such a, a politically vicious environment in which we're currently in, where the left will go after you if you don't walk in lockstep with them. Uh, right. This is, this is not a place to, to, to train people to be uh, statesmen. They need to be a statesman when they get here. Absolutely. And I think the Democrats think they have a chance to win back Georgia for the first time since 1992. We don't need someone untested. We need someone conservative and reliable. Yeah, it's, 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 it's become su- such a, uh, 
Well, I used to use the word again, vicious environment. You have to be willing to stand. And it's you can't learn to stand when you get here. You've already got to be standing. Sarah Perry, thanks so much for uh, for being here. Thanks, Tony. All right, folks, you can hear Sarah on Friday. All right, don't go away. When we come back, does your Obamacare exchange provide pro-life alternatives? We'll tell you how you can find out next. Don't go away. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So glad to have you with us on this uh, Monday afternoon. Coming up tomorrow, Giving Tuesday. But we've got folks standing by to take your call today. If you'd like to uh, take advantage of a $100,000 Giving Tuesday challenge match that uh, a generous donor has made, uh, you can double your impact today. Call 800-225-4008. Folks are standing by to take your call that's 800-225-4008, or you can go to TonyPerkins.com. All right, um, right as we were going into Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving, that long weekend, uh, there was more news about Chick-fil-A. Uh, you know, we had heard the announcements they had stopped funding the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Salvation Army, because they are accused of being anti-LGBT. Well, Ryan Bomberger of the Radiance Foundation, I said Reliance on the way out of the previous uh, segment, it's the Radiance Foundation, discovered that Chick-fil-A had uh, actually donated directly to, among other leftist groups, the anti-Christian group, the Southern Poverty Law Center. He published a column at townhall.com entitled Cowardice and Capitulation, the Shocking Things Chick-fil-A Funds. You can find that at TonyPerkins.com. Joining me now is Ryan Bomberger. Ryan, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hey, it's great to be with you, Tony. Well, well first off, uh, let me just ask you, what prompted you to start looking through the tax records of uh, Chick-fil-A? Not exactly the, the most exciting thing to do, but I was so tired of hearing the public rhetoric. I wanted to find out, okay, they're saying one thing. Are there, is their funding actually reinforcing what they're saying? And so that led me to their 990s and this, the discovery of some really shocking things, the groups that they're funding, the pro-abortion, pro-LGBT groups that uh, Chick-fil-A wouldn't publicly profess that they're funding, but they, they've been doing it for years. All right, name, name some of those groups and what those groups are involved in, because you know some people you know, don't want to believe this is happening. Uh, because, you know, so many people rallied to the defense and support of Chick-fil-A a number of years ago, seven years ago, when they came under attack for their biblical values. And, and what you're saying here, not just you, but what uh, the record is showing is that they have intentionally been moving in a different direction. Absolutely. Over the past few years, they've been moving leftward. I mean, they fund the YWCA, which is radically pro-abortion, and that completely or continually, I should say, partners with Planned Parenthood, the new leadership council, which is this progressive hub of millennial, as they describe themselves, of millennial thought leadership. You've got the the, the Pace Center for Girls, which is a pro-abortion organization out of Florida. They've, they've gotten tens of thousands of dollars. Usher's New Look. Uh, you've got Chris 180, a group that is, I guess they describe themselves as a behavioral health and child welfare service agency that's radically pro-LGBT. I mean, the list goes on and on. These are just a handful of the ones that, that we've discovered. I mean, you have to dig deep to find out, okay, who are these organizations and what do they stand for? But it's really shocking, especially when you contrast that with what we're hearing publicly from Chick-fil-A. 
Well, uh, most prominent among these leftist groups, which doesn't take a lot of digging to find out what they stand for, is the Southern Poverty Law Center. There's an anti-Christian organization that attacks almost any Christian organization that is involved in public policy. And in fact, they, as you write in the article, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center is one that put the hate map up uh, uh, that lists a number of organizations, including the Family Research Council, which was used by the gunman who came into our building with Chick-fil-A sandwiches on the heels of the Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day. And I guess it's it, it's even baffling to us that uh, Chick-fil-A would fund that organization. Even a dime. Even, even a dime to an organization like the Southern Poverty Law Center, which suffers a severe poverty of moral conscience. I mean, it's a group that started back in, what, 1971 to, to fight racism and discrimination, gender discrimination, and it's ballooned into this scam that, like you said, it just brands groups that disagrees with ideologically as hate groups. I mean, absurdly, and yet they'll fund them, and they'll fund these other groups that are very politically left and that pretty much have the same goals as the SPLC when you when you look from a political perspective. And now, you, you said this was shocking. I mean, were you really shocked? I mean, did this? What did, what were your thoughts when you started looking through this and you began to find all of these organizations, including the Southern Poverty Law Center listed? Well, I will say that I love Chick-fil-A. I love a lot of things about Chick-fil-A. And so this this was really disheartening to find this out, especially as someone who stood in long lines back during the Chick-fil-A appreciation days because I believe the corporation was actually, you know, actually speaking the truth about what it believed. And so to see this funding over the course of years, it, it's really – it's, it's shocking. It's, it's disheartening. And you feel like, is there a corporation that actually professes Christianity, professes to abide by biblical principles that actually puts those into practice? And what we find is when we pull back that curtain, when you look at this tax returns, it's undeniable the direction that Chick-fil-A has, has deliberately chosen to go in. And I mean, it's sad it, for a lot of families who've supported them over the years. It is. I mean, uh, you know, you prefer an organ, a business that just is in the business of doing whatever it is they do, making widgets. Let them make widgets, stay out of the, uh, you know, the cultural issues. But if they choose to get in, in them, uh, you know, the, the, the hypocrisy is, I think, in the betrayal is what many people see uh, from what they now understand Chick-fil-A has been doing. Yeah, that's that's the part that people are, have to deal with. We we want people to just be aware, to understand as Christians where your money is going and what is it funding. Is it funding organizations that are hostile to us? Then we have to do a double take and, and really consider what it is that we are funding through yeah. our, our dollars every day. Absolutely. Ryan, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Very insightful article. Thanks so much for your work. Absolutely. All right, folks, you can find it at TonyPerkins.com. Coming up next, the New York Times has written a major article entitled How a Divided Left is Losing the Battle on Abortion. Terry Jeffrey, editor-in-chief of CNSNews.com, is here next. News. We can get it from any sources, but what can you trust these days? Where can you get news that doesn't make you as suspicious as you are informed? If you're looking for something better, for honest coverage of the latest news, one trusted news source I look to is the Washington Times. When preparing for the radio program and selecting guests to join me on the show, I will often read the Washington Times and have their reporters join me here on the program because I trust how they cover the news. 
Join me and more than 7 million readers who turn to the Washington Times every month to get real, trusted news. For a limited time only, listeners of Washington Watch with Tony Perkins will receive a special annual rate of $69.95 for the first year. Subscribe to the Washington Times and get this special offer by using my name and visiting WashingtonTimes.com slash Tony Perkins. That's WashingtonTimes.com slash Tony Perkins. Radical abortion laws in New York, Illinois, and Vermont are challenging the sanctity of life. These laws have lifted the few existing restrictions on abortion in the name of family planning and mental health of pregnant mothers. Americans need to take a stand and defend the rights of the unborn. Family Research Council is sending Congress 90,000 baby hats as a reminder that babies should be welcomed with love and warmth, not potential danger. Supporters have already funded over 45,000 hats. We are over halfway there. Join Americans across the nation and donate $9 to send a powerful reminder that young lives need to be cherished. When you take action, we'll send you an end birthday abortion certificate that will remind you to pray for born alive babies who are facing the danger of being killed outside the womb. Visit endbirthdayabortion.com for more information. That's endbirthdayabortion.com. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, President of the Family Research Council here in Washington. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Let me remind you one more time. Uh, Today is uh, Giving Tuesday, and uh, we are up to close to 70% of the uh, matching, the $100,000 challenge match that was uh, put forward by a generous uh, donor. You can help put us over the top. I've got uh, some of our team members standing by to take your phone call. Now, we do not receive any government money. Everything that uh, we receive comes from individuals like you who care about this country, who want to live out their faith unmolested, harassed by the government. And uh, we're your voice here in our nation's capital. And, of course, uh, through FRC, we have Washington Watch, which comes to you uh, Monday through Friday uh, on the station that you're listening to. And so you can partner with us. That's the only way it's going to happen is folks like you who care about this country and about the future for your children and grandchildren. We've got folks standing by to take your call, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. And um, everything you give today will be matched. All right? Or you can go online to TonyPerkins.com. A new announcement from the predominantly black and uh, the largest Protestant black church in the United States, or one of the largest, uh, is turning some heads. Now, I, I just want to read this to you before I bring in our next guest. This is uh, from the Church of God in Christ, and I'm reading from the resolution. They believe that the Bible to be the only inspired and infallible written word of God. And whereas the Bible clearly states that human beings are created in the image and that God, in God's image, and that God has special care for individuals, whereas the Bible clearly states that children are a blessing from the Lord, further, the Bible is clear that life begins at conception in the womb, 
Additionally, a modern, modern technology advances and data confirms this biblical concept, a child in the womb is a person. Whereas abortion is the killing of the innocent, which is against scripture, abortion is genocide, abortion must end to protect the life of the unborn. It goes on to say quite a bit more, but that is a powerful statement. Join me now to talk more about this is Dean Nelson, Executive Director of Human Coalition Action. Dean, welcome back to Washington Watch. Tony, it's great to be back with you, and uh, it was awesome for me to be there with those 40,000 folks uh, as a senior fellow for African American Affairs with FRC. Give, give us the, the story behind this. Why now? Why such a strong statement? Well, you know, Tony, I think it's important for all of our listeners to know that, um, you know, FRC has been working with the Church of God in Christ now for, uh, you know, over three years um, on this type of uh, resolution and this type of language affirming, you know, biblical principles. And uh, it came to this earlier this year uh, when Bishop Vincent Matthews, under the direction of uh, Bishop Blake, uh, said, hey, man, we've been talking about trying to have a strong, you know, uh, affirmation of life. And so he gathered with myself and a couple of others and began to write a resolution. It didn't uh, have the muster at the last time uh, to uh, to pass, but uh, this time at their uh, holy convocation, um, they went in, you know, into the back. Uh, they met with the uh, ecclesiastical leadership. They met with the women's leadership of the church. They met with uh, some of the legal scholars in the church, and they came out with a unanimous vote to support this resolution. So it's been in the works for some time, but I think, as you pointed out, it is extremely important at this time uh, that they've made this announcement in the middle of, uh, you know, the Democratic primary season, uh, when Democrats have been going in such a far direction uh, the church felt the need to make a public stand for what you and I know to be biblical truth. Well, and, and of course, it's rooted in that, and they start out by stating that the Bible is the only inspired and, and infallible written of the Word of God. But they also tie this, and I want to go on a little bit more of the proclamation. They, they really tie this to the civil rights issue, which I find very interesting. The Church of God in Christ, and I'm quoting, opposes elective abortions. This issue of personhood has haunted America since the Dred Scott, Plessy versus Ferguson, and Roe v. Wade decisions. Justice slavery was overturned in America, Jim Crow was defeated, and Nazi Germany was overthrown. It is our prayer that the heinous industry of abortion will become morally reprehensible worldwide. That's putting this in a in a context that is going to be hard for any uh, one wanting the support of uh, the members of of Kojic. Uh, I mean, this is that's strong language. It is absolutely strong language, and uh, I am so proud of uh, the leadership of the Church of God in Christ with Bishop Blake uh, for doing this uh, And in this particular time. I mean, we live in a culture that is becoming increasingly hostile to uh, to Christians, whether they're white, black, Asian, or Hispanic. And uh, for them to take the uh, political courage to me to do this at this time, I think, uh, shows that uh, they are much more committed to biblical values than they are to uh, partisan politics. And that's something that you've been uh, affirming 
uh, for years, and uh, I think that that's one of the reasons that um, Human Coalition and FRC have uh, enjoyed a great relationship with the Church of God in Christ. Well, I should say also that uh, Bishop Blake, this is not the, f- the first time he's taken a bold stand. He's taken a bold stand on marriage back uh, in the uh, 2004-2005 when uh, that issue was coming onto the forefront, uh, very clearly standing on Scripture as to marriage being the union of a man and a woman. It's, I, I think you know when, it, it's really not difficult. I was having this conversation with someone today uh, about you know my opinion really doesn't matter. You know, it's not my opinion. This is not the opinion of Bishop Blake, although I respect him and and his opinion does matter. He's not stating his opinion, nor is the leadership of the Church of God in Christ. What they're doing is they're stating Scripture. It's God's opinion. And if we're going to follow God, if we're going to follow Jesus Christ, then we've got to fall in behind him and what he has to say. And that's uh, that's exactly right, and that's why I uh, I have long admired um, their denomination. There's no, you know, perfect church, no uh, perfect denomination, but you know I have admired them for a long time and their willingness to stand. And interestingly enough, they are one of the African American denominations that's continuing to grow. Uh, you know, in in light of you know the changing you know winds within you know our culture. Uh, they're standing firm, and they're continuing to grow as an organization. Now, I know this is, this is not their motivation, but I want to ask you this kind of apart from the proclamation or the resolution. But, but do you think that this is going to get the attention of some of the Democratic presidential candidates who have gone way out farther than any candidates have gone before in embracing a, a pro-abortion agenda? You know, I think that the Democrat Party has gone um, so far in embracing, uh, you know, these you know, pro-abortion positions that uh, I think that they will recognize it. But I think that they will try to hedge their bets and uh, hope that uh, they can continue to do what they've long done, even though they are, in a sense, leaving behind one third of uh, of the black Americans that think that who are Democrats who think that abortion uh, should be opposed. And so uh, I would be very surprised that they would do anything different. Uh, I think that they'll continue to go in the direction that they've gone until uh, large numbers of black Americans uh, show up at the polls and vote differently. I, I honestly believe that. You know, p- putting politics aside for just a moment, um, which, you know, I, it's not like we can compartmentalize. I mean, it, politics is just it's a reality of life. People say, I don't want to be involved in politics. Well, it doesn't matter. You're involved because it's it's what governs our lives. Uh, and if you're not involved, right. you're 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 involved because you've chosen not to take a, a stand. And so someone else is going to fill the void. But this is an area when you look at the, the issues of life, of, of human sexuality, is this not an area of commonality between, and I'm going to use the terms that are familiar, the, the white and black Christians? I mean, is this, we've been kept, you know, there's been a separation. And I think that there's a commonality. Politically, we've been separated. But when we begin to look at these issues through the lenses of Scripture, we find that we have a lot more in common than we thought. Well, 
You're absolutely right, and that's why I want to say publicly through the work of FRC um, as well as Human Coalition, there are organizations that are largely evangelical that recognize that these values are transcendent, that they go beyond just you know black and white. And um, I think that the organizations like FRC, Human Coalition, that continue to build those bridges uh, outside of the political season, those are the organizations, I believe, in the future that are going to reap some of the benefits because we recognize that this is bigger than just politics. This is uh, this is culture. And the more that mm-hmm. we're able to do the heavy lifting uh, between political you know, years, uh, I think that we'll see a greater sense of unity uh, on these type of issues. And I also think there's this understanding this as as we've seen the hostility toward religion christianity but, but authentic christianity the the hostility of toward those who want to live out their faith beyond the walls of the church that there's a recognition that while it might um, abortion might be politically um you know controversial marriage might be controversial uh, the the time is coming when just preaching the word of God that uh, that we are all sinners in need of a savior to suggest that someone is a sinner is going to be controversial and that too will become off limits for the church. Uh, well, you've echoed this a lot. I mean, we only need to go to you know certain states, you know, in our union where uh, people have not just been you know, ostracized, but even um, under, you know, penalty of uh, having to go to jail, you know, sometimes because they've stood for what they they believe and um, will continue to be uh, attacked. Um, You know, I think we'll continue to be maligned, but um, we have to work together. We have to stand together um, in matters of righteousness and justice. And I believe, again, uh, organizations like FRC, and uh, human coalition and others that are willing to uh, to make those public stands to stand with uh, brothers and sisters from you know different ethnic backgrounds according to biblical mandate. I think that that's what God is expecting, and I believe that that's where God gets the glory. Well, Dean Nelson, I was say you're doing a great job uh, with the Human Coalition Action and uh, with uh, FRC, and and I tell you what you're doing. Uh, I would say scare, scares the devil out of the uh, out of the left. But, uh, <laughs> it, it certainly scares them because the, this has been, I think, the the a part of the the mo of the the leftist for so long is to try to keep Christians, regardless of their ethnic background, segregated and separate. And I think when Bible-believing Christians come together across denominational lines, come across ethnic lines to stand together for biblical truth, it has a powerful impact upon the culture and upon the country. Well, I agree with you, Tony, and that's a mandate. I'm reminded in Ephesians chapter 4, it speaks about endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And I believe that that's our commission, that's our mandate for one another. And the more that we uphold that biblical principle, I think that the better uh, we will represent ourselves to the world, that we have love for one another. And uh, I think, again, the more that Christ is glorified. Dean Nelson, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, please uh, pass on my regards to Bishop Blake and uh, commend the leadership of the Church of God in Christ for uh, such an outstanding resolution on life. 
will do. Tony, thank you for your leadership and your uh, concern to uh, build bridges between these communities. You're doing a great job. All right. Thank you so much, Dean. Great to have you on. Folks, find out more about Dean Nelson and his work. Go to TonyPerkins.com and follow the links over. Dean's a great guy. I've been working out there in the field for years, and uh, I've been proud to be associated with him. And uh, Bishop Harry Jackson, who I actually wrote a book on a number of these issues years ago. I want to go back before we run out of time here. I want to go back to uh, to Georgia very quickly. And, you know, some would say, well, you know, this Kelly uh, Leffler, you know, she could turn out to be good. She could. She could. Um, Brian Kemp is good. The governor there is good. In fact, Eric Erickson makes the point the only reason he's trusting uh, this appointment is because he trusts the governor. I don't have a relationship with the governor. I do watch him, and I think he's been good. Uh, but I think when you have when you have people that have a track record, like I said, there's 10 members of the delegation from Georgia that would be good members. I mean, they're all 100 percent on life, family, all those issues to pick someone that has no record, especially in such a challenging, divisive, vicious environment where the unproven will easily fold. Now, some would say, well, Donald Trump didn't have a record. No, and I didn't support him when there were other candidates. Uh, I only supported him when it came down to him and Hillary, and I had no choice. Now, he has been a pleasant surprise, being stronger than those who actually articulated uh, pro-life, pro-family views. And I'm happy that he's president, and I will support him the second time around because he now has a record. Now, if she turns out to be like Donald Trump, I'll celebrate. But chances are she won't be. All right, folks, that music means we're out of time, but I want to thank you for joining us today. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is powered by the Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. 